Welcome to Russell's interview. We're talking about how to thrive themes with one, two, and three people. One of those persons is Mr. Blonick with some very interesting thoughts. The next person is Jules Reynolds with less interesting thoughts. And the other person is Frankie Pudlow. That's all I have to say about that. Something smells fishy. Oh yeah, what's that? It's the other part of my introduction. And Ben. We were requested to do this interviews by Mr. Glombaki in his class. This is a class project. It is worth 75 points. And that's all I have to say about that. Let's get started. I'm here today to reflect on my first semester at Sturgeon Bay High School in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. My first, my first semester was very academic-centered. I had all hard classes in the first semester. Now in the second semester, I have very light and easy and fluffy classes. And that's all I have to say about that. I interviewed Mr. Blonick because, because he is a good teacher and a funny person. I also interviewed <laughs> Jules Reynolds because he was the only person available at 12.10 on Friday in the bathroom. I also interviewed Frank Pudlow because... He lives in my house. Very accessible. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. This is Mr. Blonick. How's it going? I'm going to ask you some questions here today. Okay. All right. Let's get into it then. Uh, what, what, what would you say is your uh, biggest challenge in life? Can I have more than one? Sure. Okay. So I would go with two challenges. Number one is balancing work with not work. In essence, mm -hmm. work and then home life. Because as a teacher, the biggest challenge for me is turning it off. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. But I get like, what you're To saying. turn it off, it's like when I go home, you know, immediately the next thing I'm doing is starting to think about what I have to do the next day. Um, are there papers I have to grade? Are there certain students that have been absent? What do I have to get mm -hmm. for them to make it up? Um, and then when I wake up in the morning, it's like automatically my brain just kicks right into gear of like, what am I going to be doing all day? So like my biggest challenge is when I go home to like, turn it off, try to not check emails, yeah. which I do anyway, um, which doesn't always work out well. Cause then, you know, sometimes my wife is like, our what's going on? Oh, I got to check this work email up. Oh, student needed this. So I got to email it to them, all that kind of stuff. So to me, that's the biggest work related challenge is trying to figure out a way to turn it off. And after 10 years, Getting a little bit better. It's yeah. still not perfect, but after 10 years, it's getting a little bit better. The other challenge, in all honesty, that, that we face is the cost of daycare. Uh, in reality, having a two-year-old who will be three in uh, about a week and a half, uh, paying about $11,000 a year in daycare costs is kind of challenging. Um, something that we're kind of used to now, but it has caused me to have to pick up another job or I end up working every day at the hospital 
an extra eight hours and it makes me an extra $300 a month. Uh, my wife and I combined as an example because she does it as well uh, as a part-time job. We're able to make about half the cost of that throughout this this whole year. So it made daycare kind of more you know, accessible, but the cost of daycare is so high that it cuts into our budget so much that it has caused both of us to have to pick up extra jobs, which means less time at home. Mm. I'm used to it, but it's still kind of a challenge, you know, when we want to go visit family in other cities and it's like, well, I work every Saturday, Sunday, eight to noon. So I have to kind of plan out at least a month in advance, which does make it a little hard, you know, because my wife's from Minnesota. So if you ever want to go there, I got to make sure that it's a month in advance. So that's a challenge. Um, I'm not sure that that challenge is ever going to go away because, as you know, kids are expensive. You're a kid on your own, you know, you got to go buy mm. stuff, you know, and you don't have a job yet, or maybe you do. It's just something that happens, right? Right, right. Uh, what are some long-term goals you have? Long-term. So do you have a year range or just? Uh, like 20 years. Um, so this is my 10th year teaching. So my goal is to teach about 30 three to 34 years. That put me at about 57 or 58. And then I'm going to look to probably retire, but still work. Um, but as far as like things that I want to accomplish, sure. like in my life uh, before retirement, is that what you're thinking over the next 20 years? Um, I want to go to Europe and I want to mm-hmm. go visit um, Normandy uh, and I want to visit um, Auschwitz. Uh, I want to go to Germany. Um, there's places I teach in modern Europe, as you're a part of, um, that I'd like to see in person, and I guess for lack of a better term, experience in person, um, that I want to do well before I retire. Um, the other long-term goal, like as a family, so this is not work-related, our long-term goal is to go to the 2028 Olympics in uh-huh. um, LA and take Harper there, go to the gymnastics, all that kind of stuff. That's like a family kind of goal. Um, any other types of goals you're looking for or just that kind of stuff? I, don't know. I, think, I think that's pretty good. Okay. I was trying to think. I don't know. Um, school related. I mean, just keep teaching, I guess, you know, I mean, that's just my goal. Come in with a fresh new mind every right. day, but that's not really long-term. That's more short-term. Right. Uh, do you have like a role model that affects your school work? Sure. So uh, when I went to college initially, I went on the path of, First of all, I didn't want to go to college. Uh, I didn't really like school to begin with. Mm. Uh, my parents made it important for me to get good grades. Uh, Has uh, there been a role model that affected your school life? Sure. So when I started school or college, if you will, um, I never really wanted to go to college. Uh, my parents told me that grades are important. School to me wasn't that important. Uh, playing basketball. Uh, being with friends, that was important. I knew that getting good grades was important because it was important for them, but I'm not sure that it was really all that important mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I really liked Spanish and I liked history in school, and that was pretty much it. English, kind of, because writing was okay. Uh, but then when I graduated high school, uh, my parents kind of said, You got to go to college. You know how that might mm-hmm. go, where oh, you yeah. know you might have these outside factors that push you to college. Well, I only applied to one school, and that was UW Milwaukee for obvious reasons. Mr. Michael, please call the high school office, Mr. Michael. Because then I could go to Brewers games, right? Class, that'd be secondary. But when I toured it, I didn't like it. So I ended up going to UW Manitowoc. Uh, when I went to UW Manitowoc, I basically just picked a major that would pay well. So what would be a major that paid well? In high school, I did an accounting class. I finished an entire year's curriculum in two months. So I was like, I'll just do accounting. That's easy, right? And it wasn't because it was really difficult and I didn't like it. Um, but when I transferred to Oshkosh, I ended up switching to teaching. Uh, why did I switch to teaching? It goes back to this influence that you're asking about. Um, I had a professor at UW Manitowoc. His name was Kerry Trask, uh, probably the smartest individual I've ever met. 
um, one of the most entertaining individuals I've ever met. Um, when you would go to his class, uh, his lectures were just outstanding. I mean, it was like you were watching the History Channel when he talked and he was enthusiastic and he'd be like after it, as I like to call it. And, you know, in, in his lectures, I always said it was like watching the History Channel but with a mature rating because words <laughs> would fly that you probably wouldn't use in your everyday language, but it'd keep you entertained, you know. And the way he taught it was like this idea of a hair on fire is the way I always looked at it. And it kind of made me realize that when I went into teaching, like part of it is almost like you have to entertain a little bit to keep kids interested. So when I'm lecturing, I, I'm yelling, I'm jumping around, I'm, you know, trying to be as animated as I can, because if I'm not, why would they be, right? So he really influenced me to become, you know, kind of a teacher and as a teacher to be like, regardless of what I'm teaching, even if it's not that interesting, you got to make sure or pretend like it is the most interesting thing that anybody's ever going to hear all day. Uh, so he was probably the biggest influence in me in terms of becoming a teacher. Uh, so I would, I would argue that he's my biggest role model for that. All right. Uh, if you could walk into somebody else's shoes, who would it be and why? Uh, they don't have to be living, do they? No. Okay, so um, I was thinking about this question as I kind of previewed these, and I came up with a couple different people, but I'll choose one uh, based on what I enjoy outside of school because everything else I've been talking about is school. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll choose one, and that's Jackie Robinson. Um, the thing about Jackie Robinson that I'm just so interested in is the idea of, you know, this guy that, that breaks it into the big leagues, who's a pretty good ball player, a very good athlete. But the thing is, is like, if that person fails, nobody else is ever going to get a chance. So what I always wanted to know is like in the mind of, of him as he's up to the, up to, up to bat or, you know, playing in the field that like, he has to do everything perfect because if he doesn't, nobody else of his race will ever get another chance at that job. You know, the idea of like not failing, right? I mean, you had to think about all these outside factors too of people that don't want you there and yelling stuff at you all the time. You can never do anything as a result. You know, it's just interesting, like everyone either wants you to succeed, you know, or so you have half that probably wants you to succeed and the other half that don't. And just having to go out there and try to be perfect every day, you know, I just don't know what would go through your mind on a daily basis to have to, to live that, you know, for as many, at least the first year. And then, you know, maybe it kind of dissipates a little bit, but you know, just to understand what that would be like to have to be or try to be perfect all the time. All right. Well, I think I got what I need. Thank you. You bet. All right. Cool. Enjoy your podcast. I hope they will. Oh, yeah. We're going to find out, right? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. I'm, I'm here with Jules. Say hi, Jules. Hi. All right. <laughs> Who are your role models? Um, probably The Rock. Yeah, good maybe, answer. Maybe Ronaldo. He's pretty good at soccer. Yeah. Uh, what are your lifetime goals? I want to make my uh, own fishing business. I want to have like, some bait and stuff. So. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. What's your favorite color? Red. Nice. Yep. We're back in the podcast with Porter Gigstead. Say hello. Uh, hey, guys. Yeah. All right. Who are your role models and why? Hmm. My role models. Well, I have my parents, obviously. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Other role models. I don't know, upperclassmen that I look up to. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, do you, who do you look up to there, Russ? Uh, James Bond. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, what are your lifetime goals? My lifetime goals? Well, I don't have a lot at the moment. I'd like to play soccer in college, hopefully. Mm. Something like that. Uh... I don't want to become a su- successful person. Yeah, same. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> yep. Um, if, oh, also, if you're wondering why it's echoing, it's because we are d- doing the interview yes, in the bathroom. <laughs> we are in the bathroom. Hey. Yeah, I'm doing some homework right now. <laughs> so now you've heard my podcast. It's pretty cool, isn't it? I thought so. When I interviewed Mr. Blonick, Jules, and my bro, Frankie, I had a blast. I thought it was pretty cool, and they had pretty deep thoughts. And that's all I have to say about that. This is Russell Pudlow, signing off, and that's all I had to say about that. Back truck! Back truck! Kick, clack, blow! Big black truck! Mama's crying. The morning, the 560s in the morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I became talking to God. The jungle was scary on my. Whoa, whoa. Tired. And that's all I have to say about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>